listeners, this is Fellowship of the Research podcast. We have rebranded. If you had ever listened to the grad student podcast that used to air on Trent Radio, we are running with that podcast and now playing our episodes through Spotify. There are two hosts for this podcast, me, Megan Ward, and me, Sasha Newer. We just wanted to take a minute to introduce ourselves before we jump into the episodes that actually have our guests to tell you why we are maybe a tiny bit qualified to run a podcast, um, mostly why we're interested in running a podcast. So Megan, what is your research like here at Trent University? I am a master's student at Trent. I'm coming up on the final semester of my project and then I'll be starting a PhD. Generally, I study invasive species introduced in different areas. So invasive species are species that aren't naturally occurring in an area. Normally, they've been introduced because humans have introduced them, sometimes with climate change or transportation they've been introduced. And specifically, I'm down at Point Pelee National Park, which is Canada's smallest national park. Small but mighty, though, because it has the highest number of species at risk than any other national park in Canada. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. And unfortunately, as important as their wetlands are, they've actually been invaded by two invasive species, invasive Phragmites and invasive Typha. So Phragmites are very tall wetland plants. Typha are also really tall wetland plants. They're those plants that look like corn dogs. If you see them like on the side of a road or in a wetland, don't eat them. They're not corn dogs. They are also invasive. Though there are native species, I studied the invasive species. And generally down at Point Pelee National Park, they've been removing these invasive species from the wetland. So my project has been to go in and study how removing these species impacts things like raccoons, coyotes, insects, birds, frogs, different vegetation. So I'm doing kind of a whole scale project on what happens when you remove invasive species from Great Lake coastal wetlands. Megan, how do you remove a giant patch of cattails? That's a wonderful question. So there are a couple different ways. The way that they're doing it down at the park, because our Phragmites and our cattails are over water, we can't use herbicides because there's no legal herbicide in Canada yet. So it's a manual effort to go in and either use this big boat that essentially crushes the Phragmites and the cattails and so it drowns them. When you cut the Phragmites and the cattail below the water level, so the water is on top of the stems, it can drown them out and ultimately kills them. that faces the water. And so we've done that in areas where there's a large amount of Phragmites and cattails to remove. In the areas where there's smaller amounts to remove, it's all manual. We go in with these essentially big machetes, cut all the typha and the Phragmites below the waterline, and allow the water to drown out the Phragmites naturally. I'm on 17. Moving on, Sasha, what do you study? I study flying squirrels right here in Peterborough County. So Peterborough is one of the few places in Canada where you get both northern and southern flying squirrels, which are the only two species of flying squirrels that occur on this side of North America. What I study with flying squirrels is ways that they communicate that are not easily perceivable by us as humans. So I'm interested in ultrasonic vocalizations, which are calls that are so high frequency that we can't even hear them as humans. So similar to calls that dolphins and bats produce, flying squirrels can also produce really high frequencies to communicate with each other. The question is, are they using these high frequencies like bats and cetaceans to echolocate, to catch 
prey to help them move through their environment? Or are they just using these high frequencies to chat with their neighbors in a way that owls and other predators can't hear them? Keep it secret. Keep it secret. I'm also interested in ultraviolet fluorescence. So what that means is you can take a UV light and shine it on an animal, and sometimes they will glow in fantastic colors. Flying squirrels in particular will glow bright pink when you shine a UV light on them, and we're interested in trying to figure out why a flying squirrel might glow bright pink. There's a few different reasons, one of them being communication, one of them being predator avoidance, and a few other hypotheses have been floated around. But really, I'm interested in trying to figure out the really cool ways that animals communicate that we might have no idea about. Do you have any results from your PhD thesis so far? Yes, so as far as I can tell, flying squirrels do not echolocate like bats do. I've done quite a few experiments now from taking squirrels into captivity, to putting them through ground mazes, to recording them when they're gliding, and it doesn't seem like communication is playing a role in their gliding at all. However, they are incredibly chatty when it comes to talking to each other. So while I'm still trying to disentangle what exactly they're saying when they communicate, I can say that flying squirrels are quite social when it comes to communication. In one thing you have not changed, dear friend. Hmm? You still speak in riddles. <laughs> Sash and I are both grad students at Trent University and we were really interested in creating a database or a place for current or incoming grad students to go to where they could learn about the research that's going on by PhD students, by master's students and everybody in between. So we're hoping that this podcast acts as that place for storage. You might be wondering what's up with the Lord of the Rings theme and I think as most grad students are here at Trent we are huge nerds so why not bring in a theme that we wanted to talk about but really we wanted to celebrate that it takes more than a single person to finish a thesis. It takes a supervisor, it takes a committee, it takes friends, it takes support to help get all of us past that finish line at the end so we wanted to celebrate the fellowship of research here at Trent University. Come on, Mr. Frodo. I can't carry it for you. But I can carry you! And on that note, Megan, who's your favorite Lord of the Rings character? I feel like my favorite Lord of the Rings character is maybe more of a duo. I'm in love with the relationship between Gimli and Legolas. Best friends, against the odds, I think that is just a wonderful storyline. And I think sometimes can play into grad school as well. <laughs> Do you consider yourself more of a Gimli or a Legolas? Honestly, I'd like to say Legolas, likely more Gimli though. You know? <laughs> like, I just get easily grumpy, but then when things go well, I'm quite happy about it. Relatable. Last one standing wins. <laughs> And just to finish up this quick little intro, Sasha, who is your favorite Lord of the Rings character? I am a huge Samwise Gamgee fan, and I'm lucky enough to say that I met Sean Astin, who plays Sam, in person, dressed as Samwise Gamgee. I had hairy feet and everything, and it was just a highlight I will carry through the rest of my life. And this is why Sasha is qualified to run the Lord of the Rings podcast about grad school. <laughs> Potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Well, thank you so much to everyone who's tuning in to listen to us and the research here at Trent. We're really excited to bring on a really great variety of guests this season. Everything from biologists to history majors. We have 
have lots of information coming at you this season. If you're interested at all in getting in touch, you can DM us on Instagram at FOTR podcast. You can also reach out to our Gmail account, fellowship of the research podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon.